Hey, welcome back to bonus episode three of the Millennial Crisis. And guess what? This is the final episode I will be releasing as a 24-year-old. That's right. This Sunday, I turn the big two five. And obviously the podcast goes out on a Monday, so it's the last 24-year-old podcast I'll ever have. So Demi of the future <laughs> sucked in uh, 25, you old girl, you old girl you. <laughs> oh. It's safe to say I'm lapping up every last second of being 24. I'm making heaps of mistakes this week because it's acceptable to make these mistakes when you're 24. If I sound a little bit nasally, that's because I am sick. And because I'm 24, I asked my mum to bring me tea in bed, rub my back for me and tell me how sorry she feels for me because I'm 24. And obviously that's only acceptable at 24. As soon as I'm 25, it's not acceptable anymore. Right? (laughs) Obviously at 25, I'm going to be saying the exact same thing. Don't judge me. Okay. Don't judge me being 24 and still doing these things because the older you get, the more you get judged for making mistakes and doing things like that. So 24-year-old me should be lapping up less judgment. But I guess one perk of turning 25 is the fact that I can now officially drive my dad's van. What? I get to drive my dad's van. Because I'm 25 now. Can also drive a turbo, but I'm not cool enough for that. So dad's van, come at me. Lucky, lucky me. 25 is great. The Millennial, the Millennial Me. This is The Millennial Crisis by Demi Katsouros, Wi-Fi not included. Now, as you know, the bonus episodes touch on the themes that we spoke about on the previous episode with the guests that we had. And last week we spoke with Adam Murray, who hosts the Melbourne podcast Subtle Disruptors, which if you haven't listened to, go and give it a listen. It's pretty bloody awesome. And especially if you're from Melbourne, because it will open your eyes to the unreal things that are happening right here in our beautiful city. In that podcast episode, Adam shares his story about how at the age of 37, he decided to take his very first gap year. He was able to build up the courage to take time for himself and take three steps back in order for him to move five steps forward. And at the age of 24, that's something that I'm absolutely shit scared to do. But talking to more and more people as I do this podcast, it's making me realize that maybe taking a step back isn't as scary as what I think it is. And maybe people won't judge you as hard as how you judge yourself. People might even envy the decision you've made or respect the decision you've made. The only way to find out is to actually do it though, right? And I'm not fucking ready for that. So the best part about that podcast episode is that Adam gave us some unreal advice on how we can start exploring new things 
in a small way. Because let's be honest, some of us are either too scared to take a year off for self-exploration and some of us just can't afford to do that. So what Adam suggested in his episode was to start exploring your curiosities in a small way. He suggested things like networking events, meetups, or volunteering, because he said that those things are what got him through his gap year. Those people that he met outside of the corporate environment and outside of his family that he was used to opened his eyes up to a whole new way of thinking It allowed him to explore things that he was always curious about, but felt a bit strange for having these curiosities because nobody around him had the same curiosities. So last week, I actually put out a poll on my Instagram and I was honestly shocked by the results. And the question I put out to you guys was, Are you curious about something or interested in a particular subject that your friends and family are not? And 87% of you said that you're interested in things that none of your friends and family are interested in. Now that was wild to me because you choose your friends. So you assume you've got things in common And your family, you don't choose, but there's blood relations there and you hang around with them so often. And the thing I kind of came to the conclusion about why we have these interests and why we don't explore them if nobody else is interested in them is that we're kind of scared of what people will think or feeling dumb or you know, not knowing actually where to start to even find out about events that are happening or meetups or groups or places where you can volunteer about the things that you're curious about. The people that we've grown up with and the people that know us, it's quite difficult for us to change in front of them because they've always known us to be a certain way. And I think because of this, It makes it a lot harder for us to want to explore new things because we're seen as this person that our friends and family already know us as. So it's difficult to make changes in front of them. And sometimes they don't understand it because it may have been something that you were battling internally or that you only started exploring about yourself through listening to a podcast or seeing something on Facebook or going to another event or speaking to someone at work. But I think we need to be a little bit easier on ourselves and not judge ourselves so harshly and just start small. You don't have to tell anyone that you're exploring these new things and no one has to take offense that you're connecting with new people. It doesn't mean that you need to connect with them less. It's just something you need to do for yourself. And I think that's okay. In last week's challenge, I asked you guys to explore one curiosity that you had in a really, really small way. And I was so happy at those of you who actually took my word and messaged me on Instagram to tell me that, 
you had no idea where to start about your curiosities. One person in particular said that they were always curious about living overseas and that's something that they've always wanted to do. So we brainstormed together about how she could start small in doing that. And we came to the conclusion that picking a few countries of where she would want to live or explore and then from that it would turn into can you actually live there is that possible are there any visas that you would need there what would you need to do to actually make it happen which would then lead you to information nights events programs connecting with people that have done it before and searching for those events right here and eventually attending one when you've built up enough confidence to do so. And that's all it takes. That one small step is a snowball effect and you will find more and more things that will lead you down this rabbit hole of this thing that you're curious about because you are curious about it. So you're not going to stop. You're not going to be distracted by Facebook or Instagram when you're searching for it because it's something that intrigues you and it's something you want to do or explore. Today, we're going to add a little bit to that challenge, but we'll talk about that a little bit later. If you haven't done last week's challenge, give it a go this week, start small and explore something you're curious about. For those that don't know, I started this podcast when I was 23. And now you might be thinking, but Demi, this is technically only episode six. And I'm like, yeah, exactly. That just shows the self-doubt and the struggle I went through to actually publish these episodes and get them out there because as embarrassing as it is, those two to three years that I was working on this, I was actually working on it. During that time though, I had set myself these small challenges and it's one of the reasons why I set challenges for you guys because it was these small steps that led me to make bigger and bigger moves. As part of the podcast last year, I had set myself a personal challenge to go to a networking event alone, but not just one networking event, I was a ballsy person and decided I was going to go to a networking event every night for one week. Yeah, (laughs) I was going to go never having ever been to a networking event before. I was going to go to five of them alone. Like who did I think I was? I clearly didn't think much into it. And that becomes obvious the more and more I go into this story. Trust me. What events did I look for and how did I find them? good question. I jumped on Eventbrite, which is a website where you can go on and just find local events in your area. It's worldwide. So no matter where you are in the world, you can jump on and find an event that's local to you. And all I did was put in a time frame. So I said this week, and then I put on the filter networking and I did what any millennial does. And I scrolled through, looked for the events that looked the most aesthetically pleasing and legit, clicked attending, registered, put my email, but not my primary email, obviously the secondary email you have, you know, the one that you sign up all your spam addresses in. So you can either get free Wi-Fi or like free download of something. Yeah, obviously I use that email. My experience went a little like this. The first event I went to, I rocked up and kind of 
look through the window of the building that I thought the event was in and all the lights seemed to be off. I was really confused. I was like, hang on a second, there's supposed to be an event here. I was like, oh, maybe I'm in the wrong building. So I went to my calendar and I looked at the event and I realized I was at the wrong event. I was at the event I was supposed to be at tomorrow night. So I, well, let me just tell you exactly what happened because I actually recorded the whole experience. (laughs) So I'm running back to the car. I parked so far away from this event and I rocked up and I'm trying to like figure out where the event is. And then I realized that I have an event tonight, an event tomorrow night, and I rocked up at RMIT, which is where tomorrow night's event is, and the event for tonight is like Collingwood direction, so I'm running, fuck, I'm running back to the car to try and make it there on time, because I feel like if you're late, like, I don't know, being late's not good, I'm flustered, this is not a great place to start. Yeah, so as you can tell, I was in a bit of a panic at that point. And that's probably not the best mood and attitude to be in when you're about to go to a networking event alone. So I parked my car and I got to the next event. And lucky for me, I was only 15 minutes late to the next event. So I got there, I parked my car and I raced all the way in. I literally charged at this bar that it was at and ran all the way through until I got to the point where I saw all of these people networking. And instead of casually strolling into the group with some kind of plan or strategy, I ran straight into the middle of this group of young professionals. And then I really didn't know what to do. I was so worried about being late that I didn't even think about what I was going to do when I got there. I mean, you'd think that you would have thought about it a lot earlier, but it just shows how little I think about the decisions that I make. And so I'm standing now in the middle of the room with all of these people networking around me already off in small little groups. And I thought to myself, holy fucking shit. What do I do with my hands? What do I do with myself? I am so fucked. (laughs) Fuck my life. Why did I do this to myself? So I did exactly what any uh, other person would do. And I started to pretend to look for a friend because obviously I didn't go to the event alone. I had a friend there. Where is Jane? Jane, where are you? I started circling these people, pretending as though I was looking for someone. In my head, I'd created the story that I was looking for my colleague, Jane, who must have been running late for work because she's the one that dragged me to this event. So where is she? As I was looking for Jane, I decided to remove myself from the group of people that were there and stand just outside of the group and then uh, pick up my phone and proceed to call Jane. You know what calling Jane looked like? Calling Jane looked like me holding my phone to my ear, pretending to speak to my colleague Jane. Hey, Jane. Silence. Because there's no one on the end of the phone. There's no Jane. Uh, Just in case you didn't know that. No, Jane. Do not know anyone called Jane. Where are you? 
Oh no, you've been held back from work. Okay. I literally had a conversation with myself about Jane cancelling, fictional Jane. And so that conversation went on for about two minutes. And during those two minutes, I tried to pull myself together and thought, listen, you're here. You've got to do something. You're never going to see these people again, hopefully. Uh, Just go forth and, and prosper. Say hi to someone. So as I started walking towards what now looked like a pool of snakes, my prayers were answered and this lovely young man came up to me and said, hi, my name's, can't remember his name. Let's call him John. John, nice to meet you. What brings you here tonight? My prayers were answered. All I had to do now was respond to sweet old John with what brought me here tonight. So obviously I said, well, you know, I was supposed to be here. My friend Jane, um, she was, uh, she was supposed to be here tonight and she dragged me to this event, but now she's, she's, she's late. She's, she's been held back at work. There's been a work crisis and, um, and, and now I'm here alone. Uh, so I'm just Jane, 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 Jane. And that's literally what came out of my mouth. And John just looked at me blankly and was like, oh, yeah, cool. Um, I'm here alone too. I just really wanted to hear the speaker that was talking tonight. And that was when I realized what a fucking idiot I was. Of course, people are at these events alone. No one was looking at me like, what is she doing? No one was like, this lady no has no clue what she's doing. What is she doing here? She does not belong. Everyone was probably just as nervous as I was and there for totally different reasons. No one cared while you're there. No one's judging you why you're at a specific networking event. So me and John ended up having a great conversation. I heard about his career path. I heard about how he was a lawyer, then turned into a life coach and what that did for him, that he lived in France and he's just recently moved to Melbourne. So he heads to a lot of networking events around here. And throughout the night, I paid it forward and I said hi to just one other person. I mean, I wasn't that confident. So I said hi to one other person who looked like they were standing alone and had a conversation with them as well. And groups formed. I listened to an amazing speaker who spoke about how he went from working out of his parents' garage on a business, making no money and turned it into a multi-million dollar fintech company. So not only did I get some inspo and some wise wisdom from an awesome businessman, I also made some really cool connections. So it's safe to say after I left that event, I was on a high. I was buzzing off the bloody walls. Like I'm a networking pro, bring on the next event. Yes. Lucky for me, the next event was even better. This event was at a university in Melbourne and the format of the event was network speed dating. So what that means is that it's very common. A lot of people do it. And if you are wanting to go to your first networking event, I do suggest going to one that is set up like this because it forces you to speak to people without having to make that first move. 
because it's really daunting to go up to people. So yeah, so I went to that and instead of the crowd being 25 plus and over, this one was 25 year olds and under. I mean, the majority of people there were between 18 and 22. And so I felt so good. I went to that one. I kicked ass. I networked with a lot of people. I met some really, really cool people who actually ended up being some of my interviews on the podcast later on. And we all shared awesome stories and some of them I still speak to now. And it was just really lovely to speak to different people who had crazy aspirations. This event was by an entrepreneurship club. And so the premise of the speed date networking was to find a business partner. And I think it was, it was really cool to see that one of these things are going on and two, to hear all of these different young kids and students pitch to you an idea of what they wanted to do and to see if anyone else had a similar idea so you could connect and go off and build something together. And there were heaps of connections made that night. It was really, really interesting. I can't say the rest were great. Um, One of the events I rocked up to was a woman's event that was around the corner from my work. Mind you, I don't work in the city. So it was a suburban networking event and I rocked up there and nobody was under the age of 50. And I was like, fuck, I'm embarrassed to be here. What am I doing here? This is not for me. And the ladies welcomed me. They, they were, they were interested to hear about what I was doing. And I learned a lot about their journeys in business and being women in business. And they had some really good tips and tricks that one of them was teaching the rest of the ladies how to utilize online and social media to enhance their business. And I just thought it was so, so lovely. So as long as you go into these events with a good attitude, I think there is always something you can find in them, whether it's a piece of knowledge or a connection with someone that you can use now or in the future or just making friends and feeling as though there are other people that are interested in things that you're interested in. There was even one of the events I went to that week that I literally walked in and after 10 minutes walked straight out because at that point I just could not handle it. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. What am I doing here? Like I had gotten so in my head about it that I just had to leave. But the point is I tried (laughs) and I'm so thankful for the experience and doing it because it opened my eyes to a whole new world of people and some crazy cool things that are happening in my city that I did not even know about. Some of the events that are out there are really, really awesome. One of them, that's a global event that I think is really cool if anyone can go to. It's Uh, It's one thing that I recommend to a lot of people. It's called Fuck Up Nights. And essentially what it is, is successful entrepreneurs coming on stage and talking about their biggest business fuck up. And I mean like how they lost millions of dollars, mistakes they've made in business and how it allowed them to move forward in a different way. And that 
it essentially just celebrates failure, which I think is something that we need to do more of because failure is only a failure if you don't learn from it. Failing is great because it allows you to finally have solid evidence of this is what I should not ever do again, <laughs> you know? So if you are looking for a fun kind of event to go to, I think they're um, really good, especially if you're interested in the business side of things. But even just the stories, like all the stories that come out of them are great. I also do have a resource on how you can start exploring things like networking and what websites to look at and things that I recommend doing in order to explore this stuff. So you can find that on the website, The Millennial Crisis. But what I particularly learned out of this experience was that it's not weird or embarrassing to explore new things, which is strangely one thing that I was really embarrassed about. I was embarrassed being at an event alone. I was embarrassed and didn't know how to explain to my friends and family that I was going to networking events alone. I never told any of them at that point uh, because at the time I felt like it was such a strange thing to be doing, but it's not at all. It's so normal. And once you make those first moves and try it out, you'll realize how normal and how beneficial it really is. And also what an unreal skill it is for you to have. Connecting with people is so important, especially in today's day and age. It's a skill that not many of us have, and it's something that takes time to grow, learning to speak to people and connecting with people, and then reaching out to those connections when you need them. It's something super important, and it's actually on the topic of next week's episode, which I'm really excited to share with you. The other thing I learned is that lots of people go to events on their own. Like that is what networking is because if you go with someone else, you're more likely to stick to them and not explore and force yourself to actually talk to new people. One thing I would do again is research the events a little bit more instead of just looking at the picture and being like, yeah, this seems cute, which I'm sure a lot more of you will be doing and you won't be an idiot like me and just pick a whole bunch of events and just go to. I also learned that some networking events are for me and some networking events aren't for me and that's okay. So if the first one you go to sucks, you did try but they just weren't your people, that's okay too. Just give another one a go. So what I would suggest for you is if you do want to go to your first networking event, I would suggest trying one that does have a speed dating format that a lot of them do these days. So it's not that difficult to find, but it just is a lot easier for you to do. If you are really, really, really scared and don't think you can physically bring yourself to go there, which I totally understand, it's a super tough thing to do, start even smaller and try meetups, networking and connecting with people online. I mean, start joining Facebook groups about topics that you're interested in. For example, if you're a photographer or a blogger in Melbourne, there's a great group called Melbourne Creative Network or something along those lines where you can connect with other creatives. I think that's a great place to start. And I'm sure if you type in your city and Facebook group on the subject, you'll be able to find something. Also, you know, hashtags, the great 
thing about hashtags is you can search up at something that you're interested in. Let's say it's Pikachu and you want to explore Pikachu a lot more. Hashtag Pikachu and start looking at those pages that are all about Pikachu. You'll be surprised to find events that are posted there, uh, community groups that are posted there, websites dedicated to it, where you can start commenting and engaging with people who are interested in the same things you're interested in. If you're too embarrassed to do it from your own account, create a Pikachu alias account and start commenting. These small little things are what are going to allow you to build the confidence to start taking the next step and realize that, oh, this community is really lovely. I would love to go to an event where I could meet them in person and connect. Give it a go, even if it's in a small way or online. Finally, if networking is not your thing and it sounds too out there, one thing that Adam had suggested was volunteering. Can I just say that volunteering is a great way for you to not feel like you're dumb or you're a loser for wanting to go somewhere or explore something new. And I know that sounds really harsh, but a lot of us do feel like that. We feel lame to go to these things. I know I did to begin with, and it was so silly of me to feel like that. But at least if you're volunteering, you can give yourself or give others the excuse to be like, yeah, uh, volunteering looks great on my resume. I've got to do this thing. And not only will it be great for your resume, but you're going to build relationships with people within a space that you're interested in. For example, breaking into fashion is really difficult, but VAMF asks for volunteers every single year. If you don't know what VAMF is, it's like an Australian big fashion festival, but they always ask for volunteers every year. And that's something you can apply for. And so you get to connect with other guys and girls who are interested in fashion and start making connections within the industry. What other things? So I started two years ago and it's actually how I'm able to record this podcast. I started volunteering at a student run community radio station here in Melbourne. And it was honestly one of the best things I've ever done. I was always interested in audio and radio and I heard someone mention it. I'd never heard about it before. Hosted breakfast shows where I'd wake up at 5am so I could be there from 6 to talk shit till 9am. I realised that talking live on air isn't actually as easy as what I thought it was. I thought if I could talk, then I could talk live on air. You can't, uh, just in case you wanted to know that. I realized all of the work that goes into producing a radio show. There is so, so much. And I made some awesome friends and it just allowed me to be surrounded by people who had the same passion for media and audio creation and production that I did. And I learned a lot. I learned how to use a panel. I learned how to edit audio. I learned so, so, so much. So you'd be surprised at the volunteering opportunities or the things out there that you could apply for. What volunteering and being surrounded by an audio community allowed me to also find out was different 
events that happen within audio, different opportunities that happen, scholarships, different schools and trainings you could go to if you did want to pursue it further, how to get into the industry. There is a wealth of knowledge that comes from networking with people and finding a community of people that are interested in the same things that you're interested in. It doesn't have to be just for work. It can just be a hobby. You never know where it's going to lead you. So I hope that that was enough for you guys to kind of G up about going to networking events or how powerful following things that you're curious about can be. It's okay for you to find a community outside the one that you already have. You don't need to go on a gap year. You don't need to go on a transformative holiday overseas. You can start really small in the city that you are currently in. Because I promise you, there are people that are interested in the exact same thing you are. And the importance of connecting with people is to help motivate you and push you to be better, to allow you to be inspired all the time and to keep going. Because it's really difficult for us to be inspired, motivated and and be our best if we're not surrounded by the best or people that are also doing it because it'll allow us to learn quicker, be smarter, and opportunities will start coming to us and doors will start opening. So that is my little rant about um, Adam's advice, I guess, and what it had done for me. Now, I had done these in the past and I feel like it's probably only fair that I partake in this week's challenge as well. I want to do it alongside you guys to encourage you guys to continue going. And one thing I've been really curious about that nobody else is really interested in around me or wants to come with me and do is rock climbing and bouldering. And unfortunately, to go to a rock climbing facility on your own um, is you can't do it because you need someone else to hold the the ropes for you. And I could do bouldering, but I've given it a bit of a crack and I'm not strong enough to do it. So what I thought was to start even smaller is I'm going to try and find a local hike in Melbourne with a group of people that go hiking, hopefully on an intermediate level. And just go to a hike with a group of strangers. Wow, I've just decided this right now. Okay, I guess I'm committing to that. Cool. Okay. And all you have to do this week is um, commit to something. Doesn't mean you have to do it this week because all events don't happen, but it's to find something this week and secure a date or lock in a date or make an account if the online thing is your first step and just start. Done your research last week and now it's to pick something and move forward in it. 
check out uh, how I go with this this bouldering exploration and this hiking exploration all on my Instagram. I will now apparently I'm going to create a video on that and and how I went with it all and I'm and I'll update you guys on it uh, as the podcast goes on. But wow, there we go. That's the end of the episode. I'm so sorry about my nasally nose. This is probably going to be a nightmare to listen to, but. That's what happens when you dedicate yourself to a podcast a week. You know, sick or not, it's got to come out. Thanks so much for listening. I really appreciate it. If you did enjoy this episode or you are enjoying the podcast, please share it with a friend. That's honestly the best thing you can do or share it on your socials and tag me. If you want to get in contact with me, you can do it via the website, themillennialcrisis.com or via Instagram at Demi Kotsouris. I will see you guys next Monday. Thank you so much for listening and have an incredible week.